Hi guys, welcome. My name is Jean-Jacques Barrette. My name is Michelle McDonald. I am one of the co-owners of the gym along with my husband, Jean-Jacques Barrette. We're here to talk about fitness, food, training, macros, all that good stuff. I want to share with you some of my experience, uh, why I'm here, uh, the reason I choose to be in the fitness industry, the reason why I wanted to compete. Uh, some of you might be surprised. The reason why I decided to do my first bodybuilding competition. I love the fitness industry. I've learned a lot. And I just have a real passion for helping people have the best expression of their genetic potential. going to be super awesome. I think you guys will, uh, will love it. This podcast is produced and sponsored by Social Fix Media, a digital marketing and production agency for health, fitness, food, and beverage brands. Visit socialfix.com to learn more. So even though I got into bodybuilding um, when I was 39, I've always been in sports. I, I came from a family that was very sports oriented. Um, my older brother uh, was a star pitcher um, in the summertime and a star uh, hockey player in the wintertime. And of course, idolized him and was always vying for my father's attention by being as athletic I, as I could be. And I was tiny. I was a really tiny uh, young girl. Um, not not very heavy, very light. I don't think I weighed a hundred pounds till probably grade ten. Um, but I was I was so determined to excel at sports. So I was playing um, uh, softball. I played second base on uh, boys' softball teams in my hometown. Um, I wasn't allowed to play hockey. Um, Dad wouldn't let me play hockey. He said it wasn't feminine. Uh, so I I chose figure skating. Um, my mom was so, so sweet to take me to dance classes when I was young and I actually competed. I was, I've always been um, a very competitive. I love competing. I love um, pushing myself to be the very best that I can be. And I, I love the uh, spectacle of, of competing. I love going to tournaments. Um, when I was a young girl, I played um, pretty much every sport there was at school, volleyball, uh, basketball, um, track and field, um, cross-country running in the winter. Um, I played badminton um, and all at a, at a, at high, at a high level. Um, I just loved the camaraderie of sports. Uh, I just loved it. And it was, um, I was actually a bookworm. Uh, so those two aspects um, really complemented themselves really well, really well because I, I was either studying books. I loved books. I loved to read, whether it was a textbook or a fiction book. You would always uh, find me walking down the street reading a book or when I'd come home from school, I'd be burying my nose in books or I was on the playing field. It was those two extremes for me. And they, they really complemented me very well. Um, and then I hit a big hurdle um, a lot of you that uh, know about me know that I, uh, I, I had an eating disorder for 16 years, started off uh, um, not eating, so anorexia, and then it uh, um, quickly escalated into bulimia. So that happened when I was 15. And um, sometimes, you know, I kind of want to blame the lack of nutrition education in the public school system because... When you are an athlete and you want to excel and you're young, right? Young, young people are very impressionable and we, we're, we're excitable. We get our, our emotions high around ideas. Um, and left to our own devices without good education and guidance, we can get ourselves into trouble. And, and that's exactly what happened to me. 
track and field season. I was a 400 meter hurdler. I wanted to be the best that I could be. I really wanted to make it to regionals. And, um, and all the girls that excelled, they were, they were very, very thin. And I was a tiny girl as it was. I was five foot two, about 103, 104 pounds wet, um, uh, which is, 13 pounds less than what I am now. And I decided I was going to just stop eating and, um, and lose weight. And I ended up all the way down to about 87 pounds. I was taking fiber pills and almost passing out in, in class. And, um, actually the, the principal and my counselor got concerned that I, that I was doing drugs or something and, and uh, called my mom into the office to, to talk with them. And, and that was when she first realized that something might not be going, going well for me. Um, and it was a very confusing, very, very, uh, traumatic time of my life, 15 years old. And, um, and then I went away to a, to a, a camp. I worked at a very famous, uh, voice camp, uh, the same camp that, um, Margaret Atwood worked at. I was a waitress during the summer and that's when things just got really bad for me. I, I, um, I didn't have my sports that I usually have in the summertime. I was in a environment where I was trying to understand a new language of, uh, of uh, how girls and guys were supposed to be. It was just all very foreign and new to me and the, and I just didn't handle the stress well. And of course, like most women that struggle with an eating disorder, the way they handle stress is to take it out on the, their bodies with food and, um, and uh, developed a very powerful body dysmorphia. And that continued for about 16 years. It was, uh, it was a really tough, tough haul. And I wouldn't wish that experience on anybody. When I went to university a couple of years later, I was on the uh, rowing team. I was a coxswain and there was a weight class for that as well. So um, I, I can remember another traumatic experience where, you know, I was sitting down at a team breakfast and all the girls that were rowing were encouraged to eat as much as they wanted to. And there I was looking at this one little, I think it was like a breakfast croissant or some kind of a small breakfast baked good. And just air, like the coach was glaring at me, like, don't you dare eat that. And there was just no guidance again on how to maintain, you know, um, a lower body weight in a healthy way. And so I ended up just going back to my old behaviors of like trying to starve myself. And not surprisingly, I actually gained weight um, through bulimic behaviors and, you know, star starving and all that stuff. And just again, underlined to me, um, uh, you know, uh, at a young age, I think I, what, how old was I? I was 18 years old at the time that, um, that there had to be a smarter solution for how to have a, have great health and vitality in your body. I think really that, that laid the seed for me that kept me very curious my whole life about food, um, exercise and the female body. And the female body has been, been my passion. I mean, I was reading Gloria Steinem when I was 12, been very much a, a feminist at heart, um, very perplexed as to why girls, girls can't do some things, uh, and guys can, and also why girls, certain behaviors are encouraged in girls that don't really make sense in terms of success and being balanced. As I, as I grew older, um, I actually thought of going into medicine. I, I went back to college and got all my prerequisites, physics and chemistry and all that for entry into medical school. Ultimately decided that that wasn't uh, what I, what I really wanted to do. And, and how that happened was, uh, I was about to write my MCATs. I'd traveled a little bit around the world. I'd come back and I was preparing to write my, my MCAT 
And to be honest, I was, I was again, very, very sick. My bulimia, so in my, my mid-20s, late-20s, my bulimia had settled down. It was, I called it functional eating disorder. I think a lot of women will understand that one. So uh, where you're you know, able to control it, except maybe around Thanksgiving or certain times of the year where you, well, where you'll have, where you will have uh, episodes, usually around periods of stress. So it's functional. It's not that bad. You can get away with it. And still, again, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. And those were still very terrible years for me. When I was preparing to write for my MCAT, my bulimia started to get bad again. And then on top of that, I was, uh, I started some other bad behaviors. One of them was drinking alcohol. I, I really have sort of always been against alcohol as my clients will know I rail against it. And I started to drink alcohol and, um, I would, uh, in a very addictive and abusive way. So it's, you know, I went from not drinking anything at all to, to drinking, you know, in bathrooms out of a flask. I also started smoking pot, which was just, you know, at weird, weird times a day, almost like I was really trying to sabotage myself. And my, my best friend actually took me to a therapist. She said, you, you need an intervention here because you're, you're a train wreck. So she took me to a therapist and that kind of opened the door to, the understanding and awareness that what I thought that I wanted to do, which was to become a doctor, was not what I really wanted to do. And in a way, I think the, that my my negative reactions to all of it were a blessing in disguise. It was really, you know, maybe my soul telling me, you know, don't do this. This is not what you want to do. The only reason you're really doing it is to legitimize yourself. And that's the wrong way to legitimize yourself, right? Just having a degree behind your name doesn't mean you're doing what you want to do for a passion. And, and ultimately, that's what we all have a obligation to do to find out what your passion is and to follow that and to be the best you can at it. Um, because honestly, that's the only way you're going to contribute meaningly, meaningfully to life. That's my hallucination anyways. This podcast is brought to you by Tulum Strength Club, providing natural athletes and lifestyle clients with the best possible training experience and guidance in the industry. Visit TulumStrengthClub.com today. So I actually packed my bags and bought a car and I drove down to LA to do a yoga training. And in that yoga training, halfway through that yoga training, I was cured. I was literally cured from from bulimia. If you have an eating disorder, any kind of a, a, you know anxiety driven disorder, you'll understand what I mean when I say that it's like you have heavy metal music or static playing loudly in the background of your head. You're just you feel like you're just being chased by wild dogs. You can't think properly. You feel this overwhelming anxiety building up inside of you. Uh, you might even start sweating profusely. Um, and it's really hard to perceive yourself uh, without judgment. And I was in the middle of this breathing exercise. And suddenly as my, my, head, my, my head came down and I could see myself in the mirror, the noise literally stopped. The noise literally stopped and I suddenly saw myself without that veil of judgment. I mean, I just hated how I looked. I hated how I looked. I always saw this little fat person in the mirror, um, no matter how small I was. And um, I just had this really negative, critical voice in my head. I just couldn't love myself. I couldn't create any space for that kind of self-care at all. And in a moment, it was gone. And it was so peaceful. And it was so beautiful. And I had a few more amazing breakthroughs in that, in that teacher training. 
um, regarding health and self-awareness. And so um, even though I never intended to continue as a teacher, I thought, honestly, when I went down to the teacher training, I thought, I'll go down to this teacher training and uh, get my head straightened out. And then I'll go back and finish my MCAT. <laughs> and be a doctor and instead I uh, I had this amazing breakthrough you know I mean I really had thought that uh, having bulimia was a lifetime sentence you know you read in in lots of literatures that uh, eating disorders are with you for life and you know so the best you could hope for is to sort of be functional about it and I literally had this this cure <laughs> and so I thought wow there's more to this yoga thing than just you know, burning some calories. I got a job offer right away and I started to teach and um, I never looked back. I taught yoga. I competed in yoga. Like I said, I'm competitive. I love to compete. Um, and I did that for a solid 10 years. It was a beautiful time of my life. All of this sort of precedes me entering the platform of, of bodybuilding. And you know, when I look back at how all these puzzle pieces fit together, it just, it all makes this wonderful sense. Even having the eating disorder as a woman who coaches other women, it makes so much sense to me, you know, how much I learned about the mind and behaviors. Um, again, my clients will probably tell you that they can't do too much behind my back. I, I have eyes in the back of my head. I, I know what they're up to do before they've even done it because I've, I've done it. <laughs> I've done it. I've thought those things. Um, I've said those things. Um, uh, so in a way, my eating disorder was an invaluable gift. The yoga that I did, teaching yoga, traveling around the world, I went to India and taught yoga. That was also an invaluable gift to me. And then I also went to culinary school. I had a passion for cooking and I chose a culinary school that specialized in alternative um, culinary uh techniques and uh, cuisines so a lot, a lot of the graduates from that school would go on to open up raw vegan restaurants gluten-free baking um, they would work in private homes for families that had you know children or family members that had uh, various inflammatory diseases um, and so that was also a wonderful background teaching me how to transpose a recipe take a recipe that was maybe full of butter and sugar and transpose that into something that was sugar-free or gluten-free um, and that's been a very invaluable tool for me working with clients. People would ask me when I was studying to be a doctor, um, people would wonder, well, why are you doing this yoga? That doesn't make sense. And then when I was teaching yoga and I was going to culinary school, people said, well, gosh, you're so good at yoga. Why are you leaving that? Why are you doing, why are you doing cooking? And then, I mean, I just loved cooking. And people would ask me with cooking, well, well, how's that? what are you going to do with that? How is that going to make sense? And I said, well... I, th I, th I think I'm going to write recipes. I want to write recipes and I want to educate people on cooking. And that was even before I was coaching. I don't know where I had that idea from, but that would be my sort of elevator speech on cooking. The year that I did my stage, so after I finished my culinary degree, I did a stage at a restaurant in Boston, which was an incredible experience. And I decided at the same time that I was going to enter a fitness competition. I had watched one of my friends lose about 25 pounds and just get her mojo back and um, develop uh, find her passion for life and I went to watch her compete and I was just amazed that here were all these women that all looked amazing it was a I think it was like a the Jay Cutler annual competition and and I watched the the bikini event because that's what, what my friend was competing in and I was just amazed at all of these beautiful girls that had these abs and shoulders and glutes and 
and they were beautiful. And I, I thought, well, there's something here. I got to learn about this. It was a time in my life. Remember, I was 39. I was about to turn 40. And like all girls in their late 30s, I was wondering, you know, what happens in your 40s and what happens to your body? And popular literature tells you that you're going to gain weight, you're going to, your waist is going to get thick and you're going to get cellulite and your metabolism is going to slow down and everything's going to go south. And you know, all this negative stuff, like this is the reality of aging for women. And yet here were these, here were these girls that looked amazing. And not only, not, not only that, but they look significantly different from all the women I was seeing in yoga or my social circle. I mean, they just looked like Amazons and that's it. I knew that I had to be a part of this it was just so exciting to me. So there I was in the middle of my stage, working 13 hours a day in a hot, sweaty kitchen. And I decided to start my very first contest prep. Tune in next episode, and I'll tell you more about how that went. Looking for contact-free delivery of hard-to-find beverages? Check out beverageuniverse.com. 